well, hello. Well, a bit tight-chested still, but uh, I thought I would uh, leave a message. So I've, I've had quite a few people ask me how I'm doing, how's things, how's life. So I thought, you know what, maybe I should just address that with a, a video and a, and a message out there. It might be much easier So uh, than replying to everyone individually. Not that I don't want to, of course. Believe me, I will. Um, so for those who don't know, I've been in hospital the last couple of weeks or so. It's uh, It's been quite an experience. I was, um, I think it was like the 9th, uh, really, really early in August, where it was a Sunday evening at work and it was really, really bad. My chest was so tight, I couldn't breathe. There was a certain moment where I can remember holding onto a shelf and I'm literally leaning forward and I, I'm about to pass out. It's um, It was really bad. Um, I managed to get my phone to a, a colleague and, and uh, get home with a taxi. The, um, followed the next day by a, the old PCR test and uh, positive COVID. And then that week got progressively much, much, much worse. The point where I was hospitalised. Um, really strange experience. There was a my, in fact, my my GP had uh, requested that I have a a recording of my uh, my heart rate and my my blood oxygen levels. And there was a certain point on here where it's it's a uh, day six of my. Oxygen level is 58, and uh, according to the paramedic, had it dropped to 45, 40, I'd be checking out. So that was like, fuck. <laughs> still tight, still. In fact, I was yawning earlier, and uh, my mouth feels like it's the hole, as it were, so, so tight. Um, it actually hurt when I yawned. It felt like it was stretching in a really, a really uncomfortable way. So, where are we now? Um, let me tell you about a hospital. A hospital is a, is a strange place for someone who's never been there. Um, being uh, over halfway life-wise, 40, I'd say fucking 50 then. Um, never been in a hospital for any period of time, other than to visit, you know, mother and sister occasionally. So to be in there, in a quite helpless situation... Strange, um, the whole experience. Strange. There was uh, I was I was on ICU intensive care, and then I was moved to critical care. The uh, when I was taken in, I was confronted. And I say confronted. Literally, these guys wearing what can I describe as evac suits from like a science fiction show. These guys had like all independent breathing apparatus going on. They had like these. Giant kind of uh, like a vents, you know, that massive predator-like mask going on, giant visors, uh, breathing stuff on the back. These guys weren't taking any shit from what's going on in the hospital. Um, and these guys are your doctors. And I guess with the COVID situation, however you choose to perceive what that is, um, these guys have to take it super seriously. Um, as to all the doctors, certainly on intensive care and in critical care and so on. So I'm taken into into there and I kind of 
they lay out a number of uh, scenarios which were quite possible were going to happen. One of which was I was going to get sedated um, for recovery. Um, Kiteside was too chuffed about that one. The uh, the other option, which is actually kind of where they went, it's called a CPAP mask. I think it was called a CPAP mask. And uh, if you follow see one, it looks quite horrifying. Actually, it's this massive breathing apparatus that kind of goes over the mouth, goes into the mouth, massive plastic tubes hooked up to the wall. And it, this thing is forcing air into the lungs. Um, so you're kind of struggling not only to breathe, but also to have breath going in and out. And it, it's it's a learned process. <laughs> and it's a forced process, because it has to be. And this thing's blowing in, according to this note here, at uh, 95%. Uh, oxygen being pushed into my lungs at that point. The uh, eating. Eating like that... That wasn't easy. They had this, it was like a white tube that kind of went round the nose that also was pushing air, blowing air at an extremely high rate into my nose uh, while I'm eating. Um, very, very awkward. So I spent most of that couple of weeks face down prone in ICU where um, I was quite surprised there was like nine beds and every bed had a monitor at the end of it, like a person monitoring live dates and stats and so on, um, recording OBS. The, um, so I spend most of my time face down. I've got this giant rebreather mask thing on. It's, it, it literally, it had two people have to apply it at a time. Um, so it goes around the neck here, and then there's these massive metal clasps that go on, and there was Velcro around the head. There's, so there was like a... Um, Yes, yeah, like secured around the head, around the neck. Um, terribly uncomfortable to breathe. Uh, although breathing, the um, wasn't quite sure what, how long that would take. I was on. They were offering me, offering me. They were giving me medication. I was going to say drugs then, but no, they were giving me medication um, in the morning and uh, in the evening. That constant need to ask me if I wanted laxatives. Um, that actually became a running joke in my mind every day. You okay? Has your bowels working? Okay, you got some laxatives. And uh, they'd ask me that in the morning and at night, and I'm like, no, it all works fine. Are you sure? Do you want some? And then, like, the next day they would give the, the medication and be like, oh, what's this one? Oh, that's a laxative. And I'm like, I don't need one. Are you sure? I'm like, no, it's fine. <laughs> so it's like, that's a, I'm sure there was like some kind of drug like, pushing to just sell me this stuff. Or push it into people to make sure they were going to the loo okay. Um, I got moved from ICU to critical care. Um, where on critical care there was... I, I, I had the ability to uh, occasionally get up. Just move around the bed just a little bit. Just to kind of get a bit of blood flow going. Um, I did a number of times. The uh, Although it was heavily frowned upon. I was the only one awake. <laughs> um, most of the others were, were sedated. So I had, a, I had a lot of messages. I had a lot of really warm, kind, um, thoughtful messages that I really kind of wanted to just reflect on and say thank you very much. for Because some of them really kept me humble, kept me awake, kept me in, in good spirits, despite the situation I was in. Um, I had You have your phone, but you can't really... I try 
calling people with this massive rebreather on. It wasn't helping. That wasn't going anywhere. Um, I didn't receive t too many calls. Um, but probably a good thing. But I did receive like, a lot of messages like social media and stuff. Um, once I posted the picture of what I looked like, um, there, was, there was a lot of outpouring. Um, it was really... Not that I was asking for any kind of sympathy or anything. I was just kind of like to say, this is, this is how I am, this is what's going on. There was... Um, it was a rather interesting moment, actually. So my one of my friends who I have on Facebook called Carl, um, Carl was doing a podcast with um, Chester Bennington's wife. Chester Bennington being the former like, kind of singer of Linkin Park. And uh, he was talking to his... Obviously, Chester committed suicide a couple of years ago. Um, so his wife is going on a bit of a crusade about mental health and so on. Um, so she was talking to Carl on his podcast and Carl spoke to her about my condition and uh, she sent me an email and wished me well and hoped I was going to recover um, in a you know a timely fashion that was quite um, nice um, that was quite a, a welcome message and I think I'll be sure to email her back at some point I had a number of letters which is uh, quite nice to, to receive. Um, it's actually nice just to see handwriting, actually. We're so used to seeing text on Facebook or messages via email that it's actually was just nice to read handwriting. Um, so thank you very much for that. It's surprising how many people send you puzzle books. Now, I don't know if it's because they think you need to fill the time, and certainly do. Um, a lot of puzzle books. Had some magazines. I had, uh, I enabled my subscription to Libby, which is what enables you to. Ha it's like a library service, so you can receive like books and magazines that are coming out uh, week to week, week monthly basis. That was quite useful to 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 read through. I got so I got to read quite a few articles. Uh, ASAP were really good. They sent me some printed material to read um, that I haven't caught up with. I managed to read Phenomena magazine in one go. That's never happened in. The, all the years that I've been reading it. So, yeah, I I kept myself bin, busy mentally. Although, you say that, and you find yourself just looking at the clock at the bloody time, and you, I just see the clock just there, and all day it's just ticking away. And the only difference from moment to moment is waiting for a meal, whether it be breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or maybe that little biscuit with a coffee at the end. It's just... You've got to fill the time. Um, and you fill that time just by sitting still. And for me, that's just a very, very alien concept of just not doing anything. Um, and you don't really want to have that volume turned up too loud because you don't really want to disturb anyone. Um, when I got moved to the respiratory ward, um, there was like three others in there. And uh, you... you you don't really want to turn the volume off if you're watching a YouTube video or whatever. I was talking of YouTube video. I mean, I didn't watch YouTube for a week. There was, um, it took me until like the following Monday, Tuesday before I even decided to watch anything. I might, it was just too much. The one thing I did notice though, and I, I wrote a blog about it actually, is that I actually stopped dreaming. There was, um, 
I had absolutely no recollection of dreams whatsoever in my time there. There was moments where you get to about 8 o'clock at night and you're going, I might as well just turn in. There's nothing to do. My eyes are tired only just because of looking at screen and I just can't be asked. So you, you buckle in, you, you know, you got a bed that's two foot wide and you, you pull your, your bowling rally, bowling alley kind of rack up to make sure you don't fall out. And you sat there and you're just like, you just turn over and sleep. And the first, I think it's the first four or five nights that were giving me um, a blue tablet to help me sleep. And then I was also being offered, um, what's it called? Um, not methadone. <laughs> um, I don't know what it's called. Oromorph, there we are, Oromorph. That tasted quite nice and that, that's a kind of uh, knocks you out a bit. You got an old painkiller. Um pretty powerful painkiller actually. The um But no, I think from the point that I had Oromorph, which I guess it was the second night, I don't recall dreaming at all until yesterday. I mean we all dreaming. We think we dream, hopefully we dream. But no, it's a, a absolutely zero occasion. The moment I was like sparked out and then you kinda of, you spend all night so lightly sleeping because you know that the people are just going to come and disturb you and check your obs every hour whether they're checking your heart rate and they're checking your breath and you're checking your temperature and they're um, monitoring your heart rate and your oxygen levels and because of that you just never ever rest so you're in this state of being slightly asleep-ish but wide awake um, and then that, that, was, that was until like the night I came home. No, the night after I came home. Because the first night wasn't good when I slept here. But uh, second night, okay. Yes, such a strange experience. No dreams whatsoever. Sandan, what was your experience? Have you, ever, have you ever stayed in hospital for any period of time? Has anything ever, you know, got a news down while you were there? Uh, what was your experiences? What did you kind of have? What was going on? But uh, I tell you what, there was um, there was a lot of really good people there who worked really, really hard. I mean, everyone from even the the people who were serving food were passionate. They were happy. They were they were driven. Um, you could see they were motivated. Even the porters who were there were motivated. The uh, the nurses and in fact, I actually knew one of the nurses who was uh, was working there. Oddly enough, I used to she used to be one of my colleagues from back some thirteen years ago. Uh, so anyway. I'm not, that's enough, enough rambling. Um, I'm back home. I'm struggling still. Um, just to walk around the house is difficult. It's Everything feels like the whole body feels like it's really, really heavy. Um, it's, like, it's like all the blood is congealed at the bottom or something like that. And it's not quite moving around the way that it should. Everything just feels heavy. And when I went to Bullwell a couple of days ago just to do some shopping and, and collect some presents... Um, that was exhausting, but uh, felt necessary. And uh, today feels a little lighter. I've been able to motivate my body a bit more yesterday and today. Um, it still feels heavy to move, but I'm getting around. Uh, it just feels a bit like uh, like a thunderbird or something, like a 
just just feels I could I could just drop down and just not move and it would feel normal anyway I'm gonna check out I'm gonna stop rambling and stop ranting and just to say thank you to everyone who's wished me well